Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast, where you can find all of the league-winning fantasy football advice you need for your teams year-round. I am your host, Kate, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Michelle. You can follow me at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. And I'm Jake, and you can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. <laughs> with, with a W. We've made our way through a series of very interesting introductions. Every week, it's been a little bit different for Jake since he's joined us as co-host for the Ball Blast podcast. Check out the Ball Blast football website at BallBlastFootball.com. And please be sure to give the podcast that you're about to hear, if you're so generous, a five-star review on that Apple Podcast app. Use your phone. Use whoever else's phone is in your house. Just just make it happen. It helps other people find the show. We've got a good one today, guys. But do we? But but I'm excited to talk about these guys, <laughs> but they're pretty bad because we're talking about tight ends today. And like tight end free agents... Ooh. Look, I think we're going to do very well with what we have to work with. I think we're going to exceed expectations with these tight ends. I sure hope so. No, we do have some good stuff here to talk about today. There's actually a decent amount of solid tight ends in free agency. And then we're definitely just going to throw in a bunch of other fantasy-related stuff about tight ends. Because if we only talked about these few free agent tight ends, I would blow my mind. Because none of them are worthy of a long show. No, none of them are worthy, but that's okay. Uh, we we have some interesting names on the list, at least. And we have this week, Talk of the Town. Uh, we are going to talk about tight end Irv Smith. So it's perfectly on brand. He has been the talk of the town on Twitter. So let's just jump right in. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. All right, we're going to kick off our tight end bonanza today, talking about Kyle Rudolph. Sir Kyle Rudolph, he was cut officially from the Minnesota Vikings. Rudolph wanted a pay raise, and he ended up getting just straight up cut. So poor him. Do you think... Do you think he lands with another team? Because apparently he's looking for money and he doesn't want to play for any less than what he was making. Is there a team out there you think would benefit from bringing on Kyle Rudolph? Solid blocker. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like He's fine. As a Packers fan, would you rather him or Tanyan? Oh, Tanyan for sure. Without any really? question, because the pass catching chops are definitely there for him. Rudolph is a, f- a fine pass catcher. They didn't utilize him quite that much in that respect. Uh, every team needs a tight end somewhere, some way. So I'm sure he'll land with somebody. But not be. Fr- I don't think he'll be fantasy relevant, no matter where he goes. I don't think there are enough landing spots. We, I know when we talked about the running back situation, I didn't feel like there were enough 
fantasy relevant running back spots to go around. And I kind of feel the same way about the tight end, which is weird because there aren't any good tight ends either. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like there's any uh, perfect location for any of these players to uh, to go to. Maybe but the Saints. Maybe the Saints. So uh, We'll get to that in a little bit too. But Kyle Rudolph. So let's talk about the biggest news of it all. It's not Kyle Rudolph at all. It's Irv Smith Jr. What is going on with Irv Smith Jr.? He has been the talk of the town this week. He has highlighted the Twitter message boards. I'm doing a throwback Thursday there with a message boards reference. Uh, probably half the <laughs> kidlins listening to this doesn't don't even know what a message board is. But I that's used to fine. spend all my cool high school days on the Kelly Clarkson message boards. <laughs> you can't see it, but she should have used air quotes. So all of all of those cool years, but Irv Smith. So we have heard the hype. We've been sort of waiting for this breakout of his. Uh, we saw him take on, you know, an increased role. Saw him a little bit in, in a small sample size this season without Kyle Rudolph in the lineup. Any thoughts on Irv Smith Jr.? Is he going to be the new hotness as projected by fantasy Twitter? No. <laughs> no, I, I don't buy it at all because that system is not built up in Minnesota to really elevate a singular tight end and make them a stud for fantasy football. They're always going to be third option at best in that offense behind Thielen, Jefferson, Cook. And then there's going to be some other tight end that comes in and takes away from Irv too. Uh, Tyler Conklin, I believe, is the other guy that's there. Watch him get like (laughs) 50% of the targets anyhow. Absolutely. And the best part is, even if he were to get all of Kyle Rudolph's receptions and touchdowns from this past year, the combined stats for his stats and Rudolph's was still just 699 yards and six touchdowns. So it's like, all right. I mean, I do think Irv Smith can get better. He's still super young. He just got through his second season. It does take time for tight ends to develop in this league. But I don't think Kyle Rudolph was holding him back. Like, I don't think that was the issue. Uh, So I I don't think Kyle Rudolph staying or leaving really changes anything. We saw Irv Smith play without Kyle Rudolph for the last four games of last season. I mean, they were fine games. He had one nine-target game for 60, uh, actually 53 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that's really good. The rest of the games, four targets, four targets, three targets. Eh. Like, he still wasn't getting used. I think Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen steal up all those targets. They just don't throw that often. Holy fuck, Baker. (laughs) That's fine. We needed to redo that because of the dumb phone. One phone ding? People have that all the time in very massive podcasts. it drives me crazy. Mike Florio even has his phone ding. Yeah, and it drives me crazy. (laughs) That's fine. I'm not redoing all that stuff. Okay, continue. Well, he's still itching. Baker. Can we lock him Oh, I thought there was like a... A cloud of just fart smell hovering over there. Really? That's what it was. <laughs> That's usually like a really safe bet, but no, it wasn't that this time. Go. Fair enough. Yeah, he's disgusting. It's all you can hear when we were talking was just itch, 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 itch. and I was like, he has to stop at some point, and it was just kept going, <laughs> and then it escalated. That was not good. That was not good at all. Um, all right. All right, Michelle, do you want to, what do you want to do? How do you want to 
button that up. I just don't think he's going to be... It's all going to come down to touchdowns again. And he did have three touchdowns in the four games without Rudolph last year. So maybe he can be that touchdown guy in Minnesota. But you get the second year with Justin Jefferson. I think he gets more targets. Thielen's not going anywhere. And Dalvin Cook is just, like, he's the main guy there. He gets so many touches and carries. They they prefer to run when they can. I just don't see a world where you can trust Irv Smith week in and week out to go in your starting lineup. So I I do think that the biggest upgrade we are going to see for Irv Smith in the absence of Kyle Rudolph is going to be the just the touchdowns. I don't know that we can expect a ton of yardage. I agree. I think we have to project an increased target share for Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen, I know everybody wants him to go away, but I I don't think he's going away. Um, I, I just think that Irv Smith... Though, Michelle, your stats actually added up. It would have been the tight end seven in uh, PPR leagues last season. I could be the tight end seven in PPR leagues. <laughs> <laughs> you you probably could. It was Mike Kosecki who he would have been right there with. You weren't starting him week in and week out. No. Like, you couldn't. because You tried. People people really gave it their best shot to, to try and... Uh, get him in the starting lineup. He was essentially a wide receiver, but not a very good one. And uh, he just wasn't productive for fantasy. So the fact that uh, Travis Kelsey scored double the points of Gasicki, and Gasicki was a tight end seven, and he scored double those points. That is wild. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. But, I mean, that just sort of goes to show you, I, I think, we're going to see Irv Smith because of the situation be overdrafted when I do think his, uh, he's going to finish around the tight end six to eight, I think is probably pretty You're higher reasonable. On him than I am. I think like 10 to 15. The, the issue is that the floor They're all is the so, same. They're all the same. Yeah. The floor is so low for tight end seven. It's so easy to be the tight do end. Do you want to know how easy it is? The floor is lava. If you were playing... The difference between the tight end 8 this year, between the tight end 16, was 9 points. So that's... It's all garbage. One big play, pretty much, if you had a long touchdown play. That's it. So you basically just have to hope for a boom week from whoever you stick in there anyhow, and that's probably going to come from a touchdown or two. So for me, it's like whether it's Irv Smith or anybody else that we're about to talk about here, it's just like, I guess who has a ceiling on any given week? Because I'm fine with zero points, I guess, because if every tight end is getting you six points on average a week, the difference between that and zero is nothing. So you just hope for the couple of touchdowns, I suppose. So I guess Irv Smith, if I guess if he does have touchdown upside there, then sure, <laughs> I guess I'm on board. Every year it feels like we have one defense that just allows literally everything and anything to the tight end position. I think the key is just to find out what that offense is. It was the Arizona Cardinals year before last. Uh, who was it in 2020? I'm already like losing my defense. Tampa mind. Bay did for a while and the Eagles did, but they both got a little bit better as the season went on. But either way, I, I'm not going with Irv Smith. Uh, next year but I think that begs the question then what is your strategy going into drafts and is it going to change after what we've seen the last few years in this tight end landscape 
Are you going to go tight end early and try to grab one of the top three of Kelsey, Waller, or Kittle? Or are you still just going to hold it out, wait till the end, and try to stream the position? I started last year. was the first year where I felt comfortable taking a tight end in the first round of certain drafts. Who was it? I did it with a Scott Fishbowl, and I went with George Uh. Kittle. And yes, it stung because he got injured, but while he was playing, he was magnificent. So injuries happen. It's, It's tough to avoid that overall. But yeah, I really liked the makeup of my team when I had that steadfast tight end plugged in. So first or second round, I'm absolutely fine with taking a tight end. And if I don't get one of those top three, maybe four, then I am going to be the last person to take a tight end in my draft. Yeah, I think you either need to go big or go home. It just doesn't feel like there's a way to draft a mid-tier tight end. If you're drafting anybody in the fifth round or so, it still feels too early because they're probably going to finish at the same point as uh, the undrafted tight end that you've never heard of in your life. They're probably going to finish within 10 fantasy points. So I don't think it's worth it, but I've always been a late tight end person. And I think the rotation of tight ends this season has made me ponder. Maybe I do need to buy into that top three tight end narrative. I feel like we always it. were saying don't take a tight end early because you're going to miss out and that running back or wide receiver you really, really need. But with how many people busted this year in the first two rounds, it's like, is there really a difference between taking that tight end that you know you can plug in every week? You don't have to worry about it. They're going to do good for you almost every single week with Kelsey and Waller and Kittle. Or, like, you could take a chance on one of these running backs or wide receivers in the back of the first, early second, where they're not a guarantee to hit either. I mean, we saw it this year. So many guys. It was, you know, Zeke Elliott. He was even earlier. He pretty much busted for where you took him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Josh Jacobs, Michael Thomas, like, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake. There was just a lot of guys that you took right there because you are like, oh, I can't take a tight end that early. But they end up being just as terrible for you than, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to try to get Kelsey. or Because I realized last year, all of my championship teams it had Darren Waller on it. That's interesting to note. Um, I'm going to transition this by discussing the one tight end that I've ever drafted in the first round of my fantasy leagues. That is Rob Gronkowski. It was the wrong year to do it. It was the very, very <laughs> much wrong year to do it. Uh, He did end up injured that season and really did not play. So, whoops. And then that was like his last. That was like his last big season. The year before that you drafted him was really the last time he was a superstar. And that's what I'm like. I'm worried about jinxing Travis Kelsey this year because we're all in. I feel like we're all like, yes, he's going to go first round now in fantasy drafts. Like we're all in. And that's what happened with Rob Gronkowski. We weren't drafting him in the first round. We weren't, we weren't. And then finally we were like, okay, let's do it. And then he died and fell off a cliff. To be fair, at least with Gronkowski, you kind of knew that injury history had built up and you're like, well, he's going to miss at least three to four games for me every year because he had every year basically since his rookie season where at least Kelsey has been somewhat stable in that respect. Again, not to jinx it, uh, (laughs) but he hasn't shown those same injury tendencies at the very least. So hopefully we can get a couple of more years out of that golden goose 
at tight end with Travis Kelsey. You guys are just asking. You guys are walking jinxes. I can feel it in my bones right now. <laughs> the tone of the conversation. Con- color me concerned for next season. Color me concerned. We're tempting fate. I am, it is. It feels like tempting fate. But what I really want to talk about, I don't need to remind you all that I was a failure who drafted Rob Gronkowski in the first round a few years ago. What I need to do is have you guys discuss the Rob Gronkowski incident of 2020. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not that. (laughs) Anything but that. We're so sick of talking about it. No more. (laughs) And you know what's hilarious is that he did end. Rob Gronkowski, so there was... You need to tell the story. Yeah, so you tweeted saying, what was it, that you would eat your face in Legos? What was it? Yeah, I would. This was just after we got to witness Rob Gronkowski on whatever random show or pre-show it was with Steve Harvey had like a Lego trophy, an NFL trophy made of Legos, and he Gronk smashed it. And so this was coming on the heels of that. And I said, you know, and it was just announced that Gronk was coming back to the NFL. And I said, if he finishes as a top eight tight end this year, I will eat a life-size Lego model of my face. It was also Ooh. making fun of another guy on Twitter who had to eat a, a jar of mayonnaise because Chris Godwin <laughs> ended up being a top 12 wide receiver. So This is why you don't write checks true. your body can't cash. But <laughs> So I randomly retweeted you. I never was on the Gronk train. So I don't remember this. I don't know if I was feeling a little tipsy that night or what was going on. I just felt like arguing maybe. I retweeted you and I said, if he doesn't end as a top uh, eight tight end i'll delete my twitter account and then he ended with all games played too you did add that little asterisk which was good because of his injury history yes it was but he ended up playing all games and he got right there he was the tight end eight right on the money it was gross he tied he tied with noah fant i believe it was for the tight end eight spot in ppr if only i had thought to put in like points per yeah. game or something <laughs> into that tweet. I would have saved myself so much. But, you know, uh, we're still waiting to see you eat the Legos, though. I know, and you are all going to be waiting so <laughs> long. I would like you to stay alive, so maybe don't eat the Legos. Yeah. I will figure something out. I will do something related to that, but it will not be I that. think I had suggested a Lego-shaped cake. But that's not torture. And then we could just put, like, for the the little bits on top that uh, you step on and it kills your foot, we could just do little gumdrops on the cake. I could make this adorable. I could turn this into a whole fiasco. Rob Gronkowski, anyway, he is a free agent this season. Technically, my question is, do we think, I I think it's bucks or bust. Mm -hmm. I think it's either that or he's done. Does he return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2021? And if he does, does he finish as the tight end eight or better or worse? Discuss. Go ahead. You answer first. I do think Gronk goes where Tom goes. So if Tom sticks around to play with the Bucks, Gronk will be sticking around to play with the Bucks. Um, and and in terms of utility or fantasy relevance, if he does that, he's going to be somewhat fantasy relevant for you again. Like he did play all 16 games again, which can't be overstated after having all those years with uh, the injury history. Now, I will say 
that, yes, if you looked at it on a points-per-game basis, it wasn't quite so great. I think he was closer to tight end 15. Um, and, you know, that's not – it's not going to win you many weeks. Or but bets. But he did come on a lot – yeah, he came on a lot stronger towards the end of the season, though, for what it's worth. Yeah, I'm not a big Gronk supporter going into next year. He'll be with the Bucks again, I think. Like, it is either going to be the Bucks or retirement, but I think he just probably had so much fun this year – why not go for the repeat with your buddy, Tom Brady? Like, I think they'll both be back. But we have to remember, O.J. Howard tore his Achilles. Like, he was out all year. Gronk wasn't doing anything until O.J. Howard went out. Uh, and really, Gronk was touchdown or bust. Now, Tom Brady and Gronk have been connecting with a ton of touchdowns their whole career. I'm pretty sure they held the record together as the most touchdowns of the duo. So that could still happen next year. And I'm totally cool with streaming Gronk when he has nice matchups. And trying to get that touchdown when I need someone for bye weeks. But, no, I'm not looking to draft him. And he still has that name value where he's going to be drafted earlier than he should be. Uh, I'm staying far away. Like you said, he just played 16 games. So he he got up there in points. But it wasn't pretty. I want to give a shout-out right here to O.J. Howard, who is coming off a torn Achilles, though we've seen some receivers come back from the torn Achilles. I think the only position... uh, like a skill position for fantasy football that we haven't really seen return from a torn Achilles is what probably the running back. Um, so I'm, I'm not concerned about OJ Howard's return from injury necessarily, but he actually was pretty decent in the four games that he did play last season. So I know we've been bank. I've been banking on this uh, since I was a baby. I think the OJ Howard breakout Uh, But he was on pace for 584 yards and eight touchdowns over his four games. That would have put you right around tight end eight. Probably one spot higher than Rob Gronkowski, I hope. They definitely showed some chemistry. And we we heard a lot of positive things coming out of, uh, you know, the the reporting from the Bucks camp saying that Tom Brady really liked O.J. Howard and he liked what he did and he trusted Howard him. Will also not be a thing next year. I don't know. I'm. It's the fifth year breakout. He's not going to be a thing. Now with Gronk there for draft. For draft purposes, though, I would rather wait until the last round of my draft and take OJ Howard than I would take Gronk in the seventh or eighth round or wherever he ends up going. Like I, I'm not saying that OJ Howard is going to be magnificent, but I'd much rather play that game. We know he has a high ceiling. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. One player that is potentially going to be cut that could open up space for another player that we've all been waiting so long to break out, Zacherts. You know, there's some rumors going around that he might be out in Philadelphia. Nothing's for certain yet. It felt very, his last game in Philly, though, felt very final. He walked, I'm all, I love checking out these just little subtle, subtle things that, like you can't necessarily capture on the stat sheet and a hundred percent the way he exited that field felt like he had no plans of ever coming back there. I am starting to get hotter on Dallas Goddard. I came into this off season being like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm staying away. It's not going to happen with Dallas Goddard because last year, you know, when Ertz went out, we were like, Oh, it's Goddard season. And then he didn't really do much, but we have to remember he was also hurt for most of the year. I am actually on Goddard season mode uh, once Ertz officially does leave. And I do think that would be a guy that I would look to target if 
he fell to the eighth, ninth round. But if Ertz leaves, I don't know if that will happen. I'm hoping with his disappointing season, people are getting off of him. Where, But he had a disappointing season because he was injured. Yeah. So I think people know that. I don't expect him to fall in drafts, especially if Zach Ertz actually does end up leaving the team via trade or that he's cut. Regardless of the circumstance, I think Dallas Goddard is probably my projection right now. I would say he's probably drafted in the fourth or fifth round. You think so? A hundred percent. I don't think so. I think people are off of him. I, I think I hope that they are. I, I hope <laughs> that they are. But he did finish like tight end nine on a points per game basis just this last year in this, you know, disappointing. And the recency bias hopefully can maybe drop that ADP. Because if if he's down like, yeah, in the sixth, seventh round, then I'd consider taking him. But if he is up in those top tier rounds, I don't think I could pull the so trigger. So what I really like about trying to find a tight end that can break out is I'm looking for an offense that needs them. So it's hard to break out in an offense like the Vikings. They don't need you, right? They don't need to pass to you. They they might need you, but they don't need to target you often. That feels um, so game. rude, by the way. They don't need you. But right now, <laughs> the Eagles do not really have that great of a wide receiver court. I mean, I don't think that's a secret. And even if they drafted a guy, <gasps> even if they draft a wide receiver at six, I don't... Okay, so now they have Rager and whoever they draft. It's still... It still seems like they really need that core piece. And I do think Goddard can be used in that way. I would take a shot on him. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, I would move on pretty quickly. Like, I want to see the targets there. And if I'm not seeing him, I'm not going to, like, hold on and just, like, do that game every week. But, you know, he's he was targeted a lot. Once, like, towards the end of the year, 10 targets, 7 targets, 6, 8. It didn't turn into a whole lot. He didn't. We have... know those were poor quality targets, though. Well, Jalen Hurts will still be the quarterback. Jalen Hurts, I think, completed what fifty five percent of his passes. Yeah, it or, wasn't. It may have even been less. Yeah, it wasn't great. Jalen Hurts was fantastic, but it wasn't because of his work as a passer. He was exciting because of his legs, and that's where he got uh, some of that that fantasy production. But. Dallas Goddard, he's being drafted as the tight end eight in Dynasty Leagues right now, and that still but, seems low. Yeah, that does seem low, even for because he's still young, so that's even lower than I thought for Dynasty Leagues. In redraft, maybe it'll be push, pushed up because I see Kyle Pitts going ahead of him, but I do think even in redraft leagues, you're going to have Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant go ahead of him, and I do think some people might be sucked into the Tunyons, to the Logan Thomases, and if Janu Smith lands in a good spot, like, I can see them still all going ahead of Goddard. Okay, let's play a quick game of Would You Rather. Dallas Goddard or Noah Fant? Goddard. Redraft. Goddard. I think it might actually be Fant for me, but this is all with a big Explain asterisk. Explain yourself. If they if they don't keep Drew Locke there. If they move on from Drew Locke and they bring in some actually stellar quarterback play, then it's Fant. But it is going to be totally based on quarterbacks. All right. How about this? How about Hunter Henry or Dallas Goddard? Goddard. Okay. There was no hesitation there whatsoever. Me. Is it about the, the <laughs> questionable landing spot? What is it about Hunter Henry that concerns you? 
we've I think we've been down this road a little bit too much with tight ends who move teams, and then we just expect them to get uh, the same type of target share and the same quality of targets. And it's just for whatever reason, tight ends. It's like, oh, they're going over here. That's fine. I'm sure they'll look like they did last year. And I think of the Austin Hoopers is of Hoopers the world is. and the Hayden Hurst is of <laughs> the world. And it doesn't always work out. So I'm very skeptical about what his landing spot will be. And, you know, if he goes to a good spot, then I will adjust accordingly. All right. One more. One more for the would you rather. Dallas Goddard or Mark Andrews? Uh, And I feel like that's a really fine line. I feel like there's a very thin, thin veil between... Mark Andrews and Dallas Goddard. And I feel like it's sort of, do you want the elite talent, which I think Mark, Mark Andrews is the better talent for me, but you have a lower passing volume. I think there's more opportunity for Dallas Goddard just to be, uh, Michelle referenced it earlier, like just needed in your offense. And like, I, I think he's got the higher ceiling for me, but I don't know. I like it's super hard yeah. for me to to pick between those two. It's like how many frustrating weeks can you handle? Because <laughs> if you can handle some frustrating weeks, then go ahead and take Mark Andrews because end of your finishes, I think it's going to look better for him than it is for Goddard. But if you want any semblance of weekly consistency, I think it has to be Goddard. I I respect it. Um also cut this week by the way, Jared Cook of the New Orleans Saints, may he rest in peace. Uh, we, he was he was fine. He's he was a fine fantasy asset. Uh, throwing it back to 2019, there's not really another player though that we've seen even remotely involved in the offense. There's Adam Troutman, who's the next tight end on the list. But honestly, is it just like Taysom Hill after that? Is it? Is he the the one that gets the bump? He's going to play quarterback and tight end this season. Watch the New Orleans Saints actually re-sign Jameis Winston. And the whole plan was to do that all along so that they can sign Jameis. And then they'll just move Taysom back to tight end. And all will be right in Sean Payton's That is world. manipulative as hell, but I wouldn't put it past Sean Payton. He's a psychopath. I don't like I I, I don't know what else to mm-hmm. say about Sean Payton at this point in his career. He's a mind games master and he's he's really he's really messed with my brain a little bit. Uh, he's like if the Saw franchise came to life and then decided to land a gig in yeah. the NFL. <laughs> That's the perfect perfect explanation. Do we care about Jared Cook at all for fantasy? I'm gonna I I don't know if I picture him landing anywhere. Uh, I don't picture him having fantasy relevance anywhere. Is he done? Yeah, he's 33, turning 34 before the start of the next season. With tight ends, you might be able to scrape together another semi-relevant season He could season Delaney Walker him. it. That's true. That is true. Uh, you, you know what? They should just shift him over to the Titans, in fact, uh, because clearly they have a penchant for overutilizing every random tight end, and he could fit right into that mix, I suppose. I feel like you planned that segue, so let's just jump right into Johnu Smith, because that just <laughs> felt like way, way too perfect. Johnny Smith, he's a free agent for the first time in his career. 
Don't expect him to re-sign with the Tennessee Titans. I, there have been no rumblings about that whatsoever. But Johnny Smith, he's been one of the most well-hyped players that I think we've seen in modern times that have really just not done anything. Like, anything for fantasy football. What do you think about Johnny Smith? As a prospect, and then we can get into landing spots. As a prospect, I love Janu Smith. I love everything about Janu's potential, which I think everybody does. Because he has, you're right, he's gotten the hype basically every offseason. And uh, the co-host of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football, Dustin Lunt, was like his number one fan coming into last year. He had him projected super high. And for the first few weeks, you got a taste of what a quality Janu Smith usage could look like and feel like. Because he was tight end four, I think, through the first five or six weeks. And it looked great. And then they just completely stopped using him. They brought in Anthony Ferkser and whoever else. The, the from tight that end squad. legend, Anthony Ferkser, of course. <laughs> yes. He... The next Rob Gronkowski, Anthony Ferkser. Yeah. And then Janu went away entirely. It was super frustrating. Well, and it was really interesting. So I. I posted some stats on uh, Johnny Smith a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. Uh, He's only missed four games in his first four seasons, which is crazy. I felt like it was more. He has never exceeded 41 receptions in a single season. He has never exceeded 448 receiving yards. And his PPR finishes in order, tight end 45, tight end 34, tight end 19, tight end 16. And yet I feel like we're looking at a tight end who has been just so, so overly hyped. I mean, we we sort of look at Jonu Smith. He's a, he's a supreme physical being. And I think that accounts for a lot of his hype. That accounts for a lot of his uh, just the overall unwillingness to acknowledge that maybe he wasn't Uh, written in the stars for fantasy football. He just wasn't a big enough part of the game plan. But even once they're, uh, gosh, who went out with an injury last season? Uh, Taylor Luan went out with injury. And Mm. guess what? Johnny Smith played less snaps. He played less snaps, or better, better said, he ran fewer routes, though he was blocking less. So like, Everybody, everybody says like, oh, Taylor Luan, like he, he, you know, needed to block more because uh, uh, their offensive line was struggling, but he wasn't blocking more. Like, that's the issue. We can say he was blocking more, but the snaps don't add up. Like, we can't just, we can't say he was blocking when he's on the sideline. It just doesn't doesn't add up we could say it we would be liars and wrong about it but, but we, we could, but fantasy twitter it. will say it and they have it's not true guys uh but let me let me touch on this because this is where i i've made it full circle and this is where i want to bring it back <laughs> oj howard <laughs> in those same yes. four seasons has 300 more receiving yards two fewer touchdowns on nine fewer receptions, 10 fewer targets, and 18 fewer games than Jonu Smith. I'm sorry, if we're still holding out hope for Jonu Smith, we need to be holding out hope for O.J. Howard. I I just, like, I generally, um, I mean, O.J. Howard, he's also a, a freak of an athlete. He's so physically gifted. 
that's what we see when we're looking at Johnny Smith, and that's what people are totally ignoring with O.J. Howard. And I think maybe it's like we got burned one too many times. I know I keep bringing it back. We did. I, he's my first and But true love. we got burned... But we got burned by Janu too, and people aren't treating it the same way. But I do think there's that cluster of like very athletic tight ends that haven't done anything. But we're like, well, they're athletes, so let's give them a shot. And it's OJ Howard, it's Janu Smith, it's David and Joku, and it's whoever else from next season is going to get me all excited again and do nothing because I look at their athletic profile. I'm hoping it's not Kyle Pitts. I'm genuinely hoping it's not. I think Kyle Pitts has the opportunity to finish as a top seven tight end next season, which is pretty bold for a rookie. I think it all comes down to where Kyle Pitts uh, goes to in the draft. Because like I was brought up before, do they need him, right? Like, Does he go to a team that instantly needs to use him as one of their top guys in that offense? Do they build around him? Because if not, then he's probably not going to be thrown into you know, that high of a target share if that offense doesn't need you to be immediately. Let me ask you about this landing spot. This is a perfect opportunity to plug uh, Matt McCoy, a uh, new writer for Bobless Football, did his first NFL mock draft for the Bobless Football team. Just posted it Wednesday uh, over at com. Check it out. Did the full first round. We've got more rounds to come, but... Do you know, Michelle, I don't think you read the mock draft yet. Do you know where Kyle Pitts was drafted in that mock draft? I do not. Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of people have him going there. <sighs> A lot of people do. So does that crater everything for everybody <laughs> if he goes there? Because everybody who's enthused about Goddard and everybody who's enthused about yeah. Pitts, does everybody just curl up and cry, I guess, at that yeah, point? Yeah, I do think they would both hurt each other, at least for next year. At least for Pitts' first year, I do think he would take over Goddard sooner or later. I don't. Why would the Eagles do that? They have so many holes, and you actually have a pretty talented, younger, athletic tight end. Like, Why? But they would. Because they 100% they, they would. would. And they'll probably draft like six quarterbacks. They'll, they'll trade up into the first six times. They're going to take six quarterbacks. Like this is what the Eagles do. They're not a good franchise. There's one more tight end that I think is super, super boring. But he's a free agent. And he's still younger. It's Hunter Henry. I do think he's probably out. He's vanilla ice cream. He's like the most boring person ever. He will never get. Yeah. He will never win you a game. He will never score more than 10 points. And the only way he scores 10 points is if he gets the six points from a touchdown. That is the only way. And I not will never take him in fantasy no matter where he goes. But is there a decent spot for him? I mean, I think he's talented. Is there a spot he would go where you'd be like, okay, I'm interested now? Yeah, I guess amongst the probable landing spots... No, like the more realistic ones, I don't think that there's any place where they would, they have the cap room, they have a need, and he could go there and really shine. But like if he ended up on the Colts, that is my pick. It's the Colts. I love, love, love Hunter Henry with the Colts. And I think that would bump his stock to, I'm just going to use the, the, uh, line of tight end seven for everybody because it just feels really safe. Uh, but I think Hunter Henry could be a top end tight end if he finishes a healthy season. You already know Carson Wentz loves to target the tight end. 
We saw them use the tight end a ton in 2020, and they had Trey Burton, Mo Alley Cox, and Jack Doyle. And that, like, they were the centerpiece of the offense, it felt, before Jonathan Taylor came on. I, I think this could be a really good opportunity for Hunter Henry. I do believe the Colts have some nice cap space. I think that's the perfect fit, and I'm going to go DM the Colts right now to let them know that <laughs> Hunter Henry is soon to be available. Who would you rather see with the Bills? Because I think that's a wide-open tight end spot there. Dawson Knox, I'm not saying he's nothing yet, but I don't think Dawson Knox is going to keep the Bills from going out and getting a tight end. Would you rather see Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry go to the Bills? Mm. Uh does it matter to you? Because I don't think they're going to be super duper relevant with the Bills regardless. Like I don't think that they're going to get funneled targets if they go to the Bills either way. So I would rather have Hunter Henry go there so I can hold out hope for Johnu <laughs> to get a better landing spot. I, I actually think... I do think whoever landed there, though, could get a lot of touchdowns for sure. Fair. They could get touchdowns. I don't think there's a ton of volume necessarily that I'm going to project for whatever tight end lands there, but... I don't know. You might you might have that tight end overdrafted, honestly, because it's a sexy landing spot. If you're wide receiver, you know, like any wide receiver drafted to the to the Buffalo Bills, that would be so exciting. You get to play with Josh Allen. You get to line up across from Stefan Diggs. Ooh. Oh, so magnificent. But no, it Josh Allen's uh developed as a quarterback. He spreads the ball around. I just don't think there's there's enough love to go around, but I do think the perfect landing spot for Hunter Henry is 100% the Colts. I have one more guy I want to talk about. Okay. Jimmy Graham. Why? Jimmy Graham is in a position where he could end up a cap casualty. Well, he 100% will be. There's no way they're paying him that contract. Uh, I, the Bears signed the contract with him, and it was a very questionable contract to begin with. I'm not going to put my faith that they are going to be reasonable human beings about this. They gave him so much guaranteed money. They gave him a no trade clause. They were like, anything you want, Jimmy, anything. And you know what? They gave him all of the, the red zone targets that he could have possibly imagined. Among all tight ends, he ranked fifth, fifth in his old crippled age in red zone targets. That's absolutely crazy. Uh, but nearly... Uh, ranked what fifth uh, among tight ends in red zone targets they utilized him as a, a weapon in the red zone and i think maybe that is where we do see the entry point for cole Komet. and maybe maybe this is the opportunity to not make a uh, big mistake so i know now that irv smith is the hot guy like, you can't trade for him anymore. Irv Smith is bye-bye. You are not going to acquire trades, uh, Irv Smith in a trade. But you still could buy Cole Komet. And maybe that's the play is to, to I don't know, get ahead of the ball there. Probably neither of them are the play. Just saying there could be some opportunity. Allen Robinson is bye-bye. There's, there's opportunity yeah. with the Chicago Bears. And I think... Uh, targets have to go somewhere regardless of who's throwing the ball. Cole Komet, I haven't been uh, super high on, but I do think opportunity could force him into that position where 
Michelle, like you said, when they need to throw somebody a ball, that body is there. Yeah. Which is a good thing. I would rather take Cole Komet much later than Irv and then take Irv Smith earlier. I would. I'd rather take the shot on that because I think there's an equal op- like an equal chance that either one could break out. Jimmy Graham was the tight end well, 13 this season. Which is crazy because he's basically a thousand. Uh, and that offense does not have the flexibility to completely overhaul itself for this coming year. Like two years from now, sure, they, they could. But they're in a weird bind right now. So you're, I don't expect to see an influx of talent to their wide receiving core. Even if they keep or don't keep Allen Robinson, like we could very well be looking at a Darnell Mooney, uh, Anthony Miller, and rookie combination Oof. for this year, and it would be awful. But then the tight end is going to be yeah. highlighted a ton. I agree. So before we get into our let's get ballsy take, let's go around the room and say one tight end that you think could be hurt the most this season. Uh, by free agency. So not not the tight ends in free agency, but the ones that are on their teams that maybe their team brings in a wide receiver or uh, they change their quarterback or they change their coach. Like which, uh, which tight end right now could be hurt the most this offseason heading into 2021? Let's start with you, Jake. I think the obvious candidate for me is Logan Thomas. I know that he's a bit of a darling right now because he was an unexpected hit. And any unexpected hit now gets compared to, like, Darren Waller. And so it's just by by law of, uh, I don't know, whatever that mathematical principle is, now it has to be Logan Thomas's time to shine. And I, don't, I just don't yeah. see it. Um, I think it was impressive what he did, but they could very easily bring in some, some competition there. And then he's outside the top 12 all of a sudden. And I think a big part of that was Alex Smith loves throwing short. Uh, and throwing to the tight end, he saw a ton, a ton of short targets. So, I mean, it all depends on who the quarterback is, but I do think that was a big part of Logan Thomas's breakout. He did run the most routes among all tight ends in the league, though, last year. Who else Very was going to run them? They had, they needed bodies yeah. on the field, Michelle. He ran 40, 50 more routes than Travis Kelsey last year. That's a, that's a lot. If Jordan Reed had just you. stayed healthy, oh boy, you watch <laughs> out. Would have been a different story there. Uh, and, and a different team. Another another <laughs> uh, tight end that I just want to avoid the conversation on at this point. I've been burned too many times, Jordan. We're over. Oh, well, yeah. If you're still holding on to Jordan Reed, you got to just... You gotta just stop watching the game. I you gotta think. cut you the umbilical go. cord. You need to let it go. <laughs> Kate, who's your guy that could be hurt this year for free agency or the draft? I think or both. Robert Tunyon. I think he benefited a lot from the fact that the only other real viable target, like he was the second most reliable target on that field. I have to imagine that the Packers do something at wide receiver. You would think. You would think. I had this conversation last season and it didn't go well. You would think they need to do something at wide receiver, especially if you are, if you're going to keep Aaron Rodgers on your roster, maybe he's traded. I don't know. But if he's going to be back, I have to imagine that he's going to be like, you're not going to do this to me again. I was the MVP. I need weapons. Give me my weapons. I, I just think somebody's going to be drafted or acquired into that wide receiver two role as I project it. And Robert Tunyon was already so overly efficient that I don't know that he'll survive uh, any cut in target share, personally. Yeah. 
I'm going with Mike Kosicki because I've brought it up so many times. I like a tight end that has no one else around him and he can be the focal point. And Mike Kosicki ended as the tight end seven last year. That's great. He was still pointless. And he had no one around him. Like that was his year to shine. There was nobody in that offense. They were desperately needed a pass catcher. And he didn't really step up into that role. And they didn't decide to use him in that role. Uh, There was no competition, basically, for those targets. He only had more than five targets in four games last year and only had more than six targets in one, two, three, uh, in three games. So I don't know. I don't think he's the – I don't think they want to use him in that way. He doesn't really score that many touchdowns. And I do think they'll bring in a lot of other weapons this year, whether it be – I think they get a true wide receiver one. They could even bring in another guy in free agency. And then I think they get a more reliable running back. I know Miles Gaskin did his thing, but I do think they'll bring in someone to take a bigger load and they'll run more often as well with that good defense. Michelle, I feel like the, I don't know, the general public with how much everybody loves Mike Gusecki. He is an absolute darling in our community this is probably going to be labeled as your ballsy take of the week because people aren't going to like you for this. I mean, he hasn't done anything. What has he done? He hasn't done anything. He's, he's Johnny Smith. He's had a few good weeks. That's it. <laughs> he's uh, had a few good weeks. He's super athletic, so people are really excited. Remember that video of him? He threw the ball over the house, and then he like ran through his garage and caught it on the opposite side. <laughs> yeah, right. that was that was a wild. It video. was a great it hype was. video. And he's super athletic, and he can make good catches. It's just. They don't use him in that way. They don't use him enough in that way. He has certain games where he does have 10 targets, and you're like, nice. But that happens once every, like, five, six games. It just doesn't come around that often. So I'm going to stay away because he is everyone's darling. He is going to go early. Not worth it. All right. I I want to mention one more name. Gerald Everett. He's a free agent, just FYI. Tyler Higby still left on the team. I'm not going to elaborate anymore. But I just wanted I want everybody to, to know that he's of a this free ever again. He's a free agent. I just needed people to know, uh, and I can leave in peace. I felt like the the segment would not have been complete if it weren't for <laughs> me mentioning that. So I felt like it was necessary. Let's get into the ballsy take of the week. Woo! That's pretty ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. Covered our asses out there, man. Some ballsy shots. Get ballsy. All right, it is my turn to give the ballsy take of the week, and I'm going with a homer pick, and I don't care. I'm going with Deontay Johnson will be a top 12 wide receiver in 2021. I actually wanted to go higher. I just wasn't brave enough to put that number any higher. I was going to go top eight, but I'm going to stick with top 12. Ooh. Uh, It's kind of like my tight end seven benchmark. Like, that's where I'm... It is kind of important to note, like, this is more PPR leagues, right? But I do think most people listening to us do play in PPR leagues. But Deontay Johnson scores touchdowns as well. So it's not just PPR, but that definitely helps um, my case here. So last year, he was the wide receiver 21 and scored 14.8 points per game. Uh, And that counts all of his games that he started 
and then didn't finish. And that was quite a lot of them. There was four games this season that he started them and couldn't finish. And three of those games, I think he left in like after the first drive. So all of those points per games and those fantasy points, they're counting those against him. And then he did miss a whole other game. So he missed five games this season, basically. And he still was a wide receiver 21. So he had 11 games. That means that he played the full game. That he didn't get hurt. He actually made it through the game. In those 11 games, he averaged 12 targets per game and 19 fantasy points per game. That's more than DeAndre Hopkins. That's more than Calvin Ridley average in fantasy points per game this season. Uh, We see Big Ben coming back, so I love that. And yes, you're going to point out his yards per reception was super low, and that's a concern for sure. But when your yards per reception is that low, you just need a ton of targets to make up for it. And I do think he's going to get them He led the Steelers this year with 144 targets. And again, like I'm saying, he basically missed five games this year. 144 targets is already a lot for a wide receiver. And then missing that chunk of time is a lot, a lot. And then you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who is very likely to leave in free agency. He's saying all the right things. He wants to be back with the Steelers. I just don't know if the Steelers can figure out the cap space to bring him back. And I don't know if they should. I I like Juju, and I think he's a good talent. I just don't know... If, you know, we let one of our good defensive players go because you want to keep a wide receiver. Juju had 128 targets last year. No, they're not even going to come close to all coming to Deontay. I'm not saying that, but I do think he gets a chunk of them. Claypool will get a chunk. They'll go elsewhere as well. There's just so much room for growth still. And imagine if the new offensive coordinator actually lets these guys run routes a little bit. Like Deontay Johnson is actually one of the best route runners in the league. Like that might be being a bit extreme, but he's very good at running routes. Let him actually get down the field instead of running three yards and getting slammed as soon as he catches a ball. And maybe he won't have as many drops because he won't be as nervous as well. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson is the best value. He will be the best value in the 2021 drafts. Like, I'm claiming that stake right now. Um, so as the fellow Steelers fan, uh-huh. I'm going to say this is like a zero ball take. Oh. You- yeah. I, I'm i 100% with you on this. Okay. I think he's the most underrated, and it might be a volume play because of uh, just Ben's overall style of play. I know he got injured last season, so that did affect the style of play a bit, but He still wasn't uh, productively chucking the ball down the field. I do think that it's the best volume-based play in the league. I love Deontay Johnson, the talent, but I think his value in fantasy does come from the volume, and I think there's going to be a ton of it. The Steelers are obsessed with throwing the football. Yeah, and Ben's obsessed with throwing it to Deontay. What do you think, Jake? How many balls are you giving it? Well, I guess I'm going to have to bring all the balls to the table for this one. I am giving this a two-baller. I think top eight is wait, wait, wild wait. We settled that top you had 12. even mentioned. But yes, top eight is wild, but top 12 to me is still pretty wild. Uh, just considering, I know that Juju is probably not long for the Steelers, and he's probably going to be moving on. Uh, I also just expect the Steelers to routinely draft somebody in the third <laughs> round that's going to slot in there somehow and take away targets because that seems to be their, their MO. Exactly. It's a tradition. You can't break that. My biggest concern is actually they were so, so crazy pass-heavy this last year. And I obviously you guys know the team better than I do, but I just can't see a world where a team goes, 
Look at what we did with this absentee run game. Don't you think we should should get that going just a little bit? Like, because I think James Conner is gone. It's basically been decided. And so hopefully they bring in a quality running back there to balance things out. I could easily see, I mean, top 20 is not even uh, semi-bold for him. And I could see where he flirts with top 15, but top 12 gets real spicy. For I will him. say, I do think bringing a running back in could be a good thing. Yes, it's going to take more touches away from players, but at the same time, it could actually add more touches because there were so many times that the Steelers just went three and out. Or they got, finally, they got one first down and then had to leave the field. So if there's actually a running back that they can use and they can be driving down the field for like a second, like that should open more things. And it, then it just goes back to Juju. Like if he leaves those 128 targets, that's a pretty big jump off that, you know, the Steelers could go down in passing attempts. And it's not really going to hurt the guys who are there. Because even if they do draft someone, I don't expect them to be like highly involved right away. But I was surprised with how much they used Claypool immediately. So we don't know, but I am all in on Deontay Johnson. Target machine. Love it. AB light. AB, that's AB, what I've AB been calling 2.0. him. That's what I've been calling him since he was drafted. I genuinely remember screaming when Deontay Johnson was drafted because I was so excited. I just think he's a perfect fit. And I do think that with, maybe some better quarterback play. He he is going to explode to the moon. That's our show, everybody. Michelle, great ballsy take. Thank you. Uh, I guess it's not that ballsy after all, but Twitter will let us know. I'm sure. I'm, sure. I'm positive of it. We will hear something about that. Uh, as of all... As always, I am Kate. You can check me out on Twitter at FFBallBlast, and please be sure to follow the show at Ball Blast FB. And you can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blast M, Ball Blast E M. And you can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league winning advice.